Danielle Deliberti is not your typical CTO. She transformed a health and wellness facility from desktop-based tech to a fully composable stack. And mind you, not 10 years ago, but in 2019. People thought we were nuts replacing our infrastructure after a year or so of being in business. And that was such a smart decision. And business profits grew during the pandemic as a result. When we asked her how, she talked about business and people just as much as she did about tech. More mature businesses a lot of times are going through transformations. And if you really study the market, the successful ones are integrating technology and business. Welcome back to People Changing Enterprises. In this episode, how to find a technology strategy for something that has never been done before. I'm Jasmine Goodman, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Danielle Deliberti. Tell us about the St. James and what you help them do from a technology perspective. The St. James, which is located in the Washington, D.C. area, is a luxury sports, wellness, and active entertainment center, really for people of all ages and skill sets. So it was originally designed to accommodate elite athletes, which was intended always to be extended to serve the whole family. So a really high-performance set of clubs and venues, but designed for people of all ages. So you can think performance training, nutrition and recovery, but also ninja warrior courses for kids and gymnastics and hockey. You have anything from Olympics training in pools to childcare and a spa, also a restaurant. It's really, really impressive. So the flagship is almost 500,000 square feet with over 2 million users per year. So when I talk about all of that, what you haven't heard me talk about yet is a great digital experience. So I stepped in as the CTO of St. James to really focus on not only helping with the underlying or or infrastructure technology of the on-site experience, but also creating a digital experience. Because when the co-founders created the concept six or seven years ago, digital was just not as relevant in, in the health and wellness space. You know, obviously the pandemic accelerated things, but also as we grew as a business, we recognized that there was a really a need in the market for a great digital and physical experience in the health and wellness space. My role as CTO is and continues to be really to launch and grow that strategy. So we acquired a a small training app and we also shifted some legacy tooling to a full modern tech stack, which sounds funny because we just had our four year anniversary, but we, we had to change out some legacy tooling with the ambition of being really the industry leader from a digital consumer delivery perspective. What is your secret sauce? What's your approach? How do you tackle the problem? In short, I start to look from the inside out and then also try to put myself in the customer's shoes at the same time. So I'll explain that a little bit. But one of the things that I really think is important is is first to think about the state of an organization's technology. Modern technology tools really help us glean so much data and information. You can look at analytics and metrics and user behaviors, and it can tell you a lot about where the customer experience might not be optimized. I think almost 80% of customers now are interacting with all businesses digitally in some nature. So being able to deliver centralized and really create that omni-channel experience is really important. From my perspective, without the right technology tools, it's really quite hard to maintain or even create an omni-channel experience and deliver that effectively. So having the right tools in place to be able to deliver that competitive experience really helps accelerating diagnosing those problems. 
Either way, I think figuring out why and getting to the root of the problem is key. And then I think the other thing to keep in mind is that it's actually usually pretty clear when something is not working. It's really just kind of admitting that it's not working. So I I think being able to identify where some of the problems or the pain points or even opportunities are. Sometimes there's not problems. There's just real opportunity sitting right in front of you. But really figuring out the root cause of the problem or the opportunity and then understanding the magnitude so you can plan, strategize, and, and then put together an execution plan is really, really important. And that this is so interesting that you mention problem and opportunity basically in the same breath because that's two sometimes two ways to look at the same underlying, right? How do you spot what is worth going after? How do you make a decision on what is worth your time and what could potentially have the magnitude and what do you leave alone and say, you know what, some other day, some other time? I leverage data every opportunity I can get. I mean, sometimes you can't find all of the data you need, but I think more often than not, it's there. And like I said, making sure that you're you're talking to all of the stakeholders um, and then also the front lines of the business, right? So thinking about all of that, it's a little bit of an art and a science, right? So you, you can't just rely on the data and not talk to the front lines or you can't have all of the stakeholders in a corner office just thinking through how they want to execute on it. And one of the things that I've learned is more often than not, I cannot tell you how many times a group has sat down And we have pretty strong conviction and a certain set of assumptions that we're working with. And then we plow through the data and it tells us otherwise. You know, so I'm a huge believer in using data in a practical manner and then making sure that the human element um, is, is incorporated in that, being able to think about what do your customers want? What is it that stakeholders goals are? What is your executive team thinking through? Is it practical? Can it be done? Because if you're putting a plan in place that no one can execute against. You're really setting yourself up for failure. And then it's really making sure that you can get the tools in place. And how do you select that customer experience technology? Is that an art science process too, or do you lean more heavily on the data side of things for that? Choosing the right tools is really, really important when delivering on, on any business strategy, quite frankly. I follow a, a standard framework. I, I create scorecards and sometimes they're very fast to follow because some tools are just plug and play and you can test them sometimes even with a free trial. I think in other instances when you have to make a decision, especially on, on major transformations or software shifts, it's really important to plan and diligence the tool. One of the things that I focus on in addition to following a standard diligence process and, and asking questions as it relates to security and APIs and developer toolkits and things like that is also understanding software partners roadmaps, because I think it's really important to think not only about the short term, but the long term. You want to create longevity with a partner or plan accordingly that within a flexible framework, you might only want to use a tool for so long because I think, you know, talking to the sales team or doing a demo is one thing. And, and more times than not, you're going to see something you really like. But then thinking through if you have to change course or navigate something differently, because we know there's always going to be surprises when you're building a business or doing a major transformation. It's knowing that you're not locking yourself, um, you know, into something where you don't have the agility to move. You really want to grow with your partners. I think that's a perfect description that you're not looking for a vendor. You're looking for someone that is actually on a journey with you because it's not a destination. It is a process. And I think the same is true for what you would call a good customer experience. 
And looking at the St. James and the breadth and depth of the product, I imagine that interoperability and something like API first is really paramount because you have so many different pieces that need to seamlessly, from a customer's perspective, connect to each other. Because while you're at the ice skating ring, you don't care that it's how it connects to the gym or the daycare or the food and beverage component. How was that when you started and how does it look now and where do you plan on taking it next? I'm glad you brought that up, that buzzword API. Believe it or not, when we opened the doors at the St. James, we had a desktop-based solution. And the the doors at the St. James only opened four years ago. We were leveraging the the best-in-class software for member management tools. And believe it or not, it was desktop-based. And so what that means is that if you're not in the facility and logging into the computer or laptop that's connected to the network, you can't get the data out of the system. And so for our customers, that meant you had to come into the facility to scan your badge. But like you said, if you wanted to book private skating online, or if you wanted to think about making a reservation for the restaurant after your time at the St. James, then you had to either be there to do it or call. So we we very quickly recognized the pain point and had to do what I like to call a mini transformation because I, I know there's some companies out there that do much larger transformations. Um, we were able to act very, very fast. And anything that was not an API-first cloud-based technology, we decided to replace it. And so people thought we were nuts replacing our infrastructure after you know a, a year or so of being in business. And that was such a smart decision because... Fast forward, you know, about a year after we made that decision and we were in the heart of a pandemic. And when you have a facility our size and when you're serving a large community at the time, safety was absolutely our number one priority. So ensuring that we knew when and where people were in our facility so we could contact trace. We could ensure people could make reservations so that there was never a risk of being over capacity because there were rules in place with only 25% capacity when, when the doors opened back up. All of those things really set us up for success there and, and helped grow the business in the time of one where a lot of, unfortunately, companies were having to shut their doors. It was actually a growth opportunity for us. And it was also great for our brand because firsthand customers got to enter the doors knowing that they were safe, knowing that their treadmill had been cleaned, knowing that it was only their family in in one of the areas that are safe spaces for kids. But had we not had an API first infrastructure, that would have never, never existed. Um, And ensuring that you can do that in a multifaceted business is complicated, right? You need to make sure you really understand that you can not only plug into those APIs and and retrieve information, but that as the customer experience matures, you have tools and capabilities that will come alongside with you. Because I will be the first to admit, we made some decisions that still have friction inside them. Um, And we have some tools that are not as monitored as I'd like. And that's something that not only keeps me up at night, but keeps me at the drawing board thinking, am I going to make another change here? Or am I going to live with it, get creative in, in some other way? How was that for the rest of the industry? Because you just saying that it was all desktop based just sent chills up and down my spine. But I think that's the reality for so many businesses still today, right? You can tell that the the health and wellness industry is 
moving at a very fast pace, moving as rapidly as they can, because the question becomes how, not even if anymore. It is just a hundred percent necessary. You won't be able to compete as an organization if you don't have API first cloud based tools. That's just the reality of, of where we are in the world, I think. And sometimes that's hard to digest, especially organizations that have put processes in place around systems or tools. But being technology agnostic within those processes is really, really important. We're excited. We hope to be with the St. James leading the industry in that charge. We're, we're really on the forefront of some really great things, uh, digital coaching, recommendation engines for workouts, things that haven't really said in the health and wellness space at scale. And then we're lucky having 2,000 active people in the door per year, and we're listening to what they're saying, and we're building products and tools around their goals using technology. We can then scale that. And Content Stack has just been a magnificent partner with us because we do have some tools that are not yet on Content Stack, and I see the difference. Absolutely. It's a little bit harder to manage on my end. Thanks so much for sharing that. And what our listeners need to hear, I think, is you've just been awarded a leader award for business for women in mock because what you're incredibly good at, and I think that's what you've been doing throughout this episode, is you really connect the dots between the tech side and the business side, which sometimes feels like it's tempted to say two different planets, right? Is that something that you see or is that over-exaggerating the silos that may or may not be there? You know, I, I think one of the things that I've observed, younger organizations and, and not, not organizations with people of younger ages, but younger organizations, meaning in their life cycle, early stage companies, growth stage companies, I think you see less and less of that because it's harder to build a business if you are not completely integrated. You know, you hear the word transformation. More mature businesses a lot of times are going through transformations. And if you really study the market, the successful ones are integrating technology and business. And I've, I've seen it. I've, I've done a lot of transformations more than I'd like to admit. But when you have those silos, you can really feel it. I, I work with a technologist who one of the things he said is he said, I hate the word IT. You know, I, I hate when they call it the IT department because there's just this legacy mindset that the IT department sits in the basement and answers help desk tickets and then they leave at five o'clock, shut the lights off and, you know, they only get called in if there's a disaster recovery. Otherwise, it's the next morning. And I do think that there's a mindset out there like that. And I believe it's wrong. I think that if you're not working hand in hand with either your chief technology officer, head of digital, or whatever the role is, you're really missing out. And, you know, not every engineer, architect, or chief data scientist wants to be involved in all of the decision making. But I think more often than not, they have a lot to bring to the table. You know, I, I, I love technology. I always have, you know, and I was focused on it since my degree in college. But understanding technology when I was in a little bit more of a traditional asset management and investment space has really set me up for success in my career because I guess it, I guess it took down the silos. So now I rarely make a decision without talking to the CFO or the CEO. I think the customer experience and, and the strategy related to that is, is part of the business strategy, generally speaking, whether it's, you know, marketing and sales 
customer success or operational execution. And that is ongoing with any business. And in the retail space, we are constantly changing inventory. In the group fitness classes, the schedules change each week. Um, and so that includes anything from coordinating the scheduling to communicating that out to consumers so that way they can actually book and come and experience that. So I think, you know, the technology needs to be integrated. You need to be looking at it from all angles to support the inside of the business and the outside of the business, but it's a constant evolution, right? Otherwise you're, you're going to really get left behind. Business is constantly changing and your technology and the way your tools are helping you support that is going to change as well. You know, you don't make a technology decision and then put it on the shelf. That will also set you up for failure. It's part of the business. You know, you have to constantly nurture it and, and invest in it. Thanks for listening to People Changing Enterprises. We'll be back next week with a new episode helping you make your mark.